0: I'm Sharon Pinkinson, Executive Director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, and you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast with Matt O'Donnell. Fine job. Thank you, Matt.
1: Sharon Pinkinson of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office is an enormous reason why so many films are made in Philadelphia and the surrounding area. You could call her an unsung hero of our region. Sharon has seen so many things and has so many stories. So let's hear from her on the Travel Mug Podcast. Here we go. Here with Sharon Pinkinson of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office. We're in your office itself, high above Philadelphia right now. Nice view up here.
0: Thank you. Actually, that's the best part of this office is the view.
1: There's some contracting going around here. They have some new carpet that they're installing, and you told them to shush, which I really appreciate.
0: Oh, I am. I can't believe you said that. I am often accused of shushing people. Oh, no,
1: I, maybe I shouldn't use that term, but you asked them very nicely start, to be quiet. <laughs> hey, well, let's start off talking about Creed II. Sure. I'm sure you get millions of questions. Sylvester Stallone is seen hanging around town. It's great to have that vibe again with this movie. I can't think of what question to ask you about the movie, so tell me something that's going on that's going to be like, wow, that's really interesting, or, or what's happening with the
0: movie? Well, I, well <laughs> my goodness, that's such a broad question. Well, let me, um, let me just say that in, with regards to Sylvester Stallone, I don't remember him being this outgoing, this public, Uh, while he was shooting a movie here before. So that is really a change, and it's an exciting one. And so you you wake up in the morning, he's almost like the president. I mean, he's going to be tweeting about something. Uh, And it's exciting, though. It's, it's, It's great because people really... Are upset when we're doing a big movie and there's not a lot of news about it. It's all very secretive. So this one is very much out there. There's tremendous opportunities, more than ever before, for people to be extras in the films, mm-hmm. uh, in this particular film. And so, um, you know, God bless my my great colleague, Diane Heary and um, and Jason Loftus, who are Heary Loftus casting. I mean, they're out there just about every day looking for extras. I just saw a new one this morning today looking for... Classy people to be in the phones a-
1: ringing as we speak <laughs> as people are listening to this by the way
0: <laughs> yeah so it's 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 great that um, that they're engaging Philadelphians of of every you know in every neighborhood okay. um, with every kind of skill set or none to just um, have an opportunity to be a part of this f- filmmaking
1: beware throughout this podcast because I'm going to throw some crazy questions at you that I will participate in as well okay but it's not oh, time it's for not that <laughs> no it's not but it's act- <laughs> I'm going to ask some, some uh, questions about your feelings on movies. But what I w- did want to talk about with Creed 2, and I've done some research and people can go online too. Creed was written by Ryan Coogler and Aaron Covington. Yes. Sylvester Stallone was a, had a starring role in the film. But Creed 2 was co-written by Sylvester Stallone. And so in your opinion, do, do you think that the Rocky series kind of needed to take – a break and have some different eyes, and now Sylvester Stallone's perfect time of moving back in is really going to regenerate this franchise even more.
0: Uh, you know, anytime Stallone is involved with one of these movies, it's always a good thing. And and I think that he was very very passionate and very happy with Creed, and he really wanted to get moving on Creed too. <clears throat> so he, <clears throat> excuse me. So he um, he wrote the original script for Creed 2 mm-hmm. And he, the a little inside story, it took okay. a very long time for him to deliver the script. We kept thinking we were getting the script, we kept thinking we were getting the script. And apparently there was one aspect of the story that he didn't feel like he was the right person to write that particular piece. And so I think he finally uh, went to the studio and said... I got it. I think the script's good. I don't know for like, sure. verbatim, but basically he said, you know, I need some help with this aspect of it, and so another writer came in and finished that part of it.
1: That takes a very smart individual to say, you know what, I need outside eyes. I need someone else to do this. I can't do what, my vision is there, but I just can't accomplish
0: it. Yes, it was, It would ha- it had to do with something that was generational. And he needed somebody from a different, from a younger generation, to to tell that part of the story in in a way that would be more authentic. Mm. And I give him an an enormous amount of credit for doing that. And everyone is, is, I'm sure, is very happy about it. Okay,
1: here's the first question. Okay, favorite Rocky movie? Creed. Okay. Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that the, and I don't think I'm alone with this. I mean, the original Rocky. Is the classic, the standard bearer, but I think that they rocked the world with Creed. I just think it was brilliant. All right,
1: so my favorite, Rocky IV. Oh, no. Okay. Well, it's well, the it,
0: only one that wasn't shot in Philadelphia. Was it really? <laughs> oh, you see, now
1: <laughs> I made a boo boo. <laughs> now you're giving me a TKO I'm, I'm here, boxing. right? Yeah, I'm well, let me explain. It. And it has a connection to Creed. <laughs> so, Rocky IV was when they had the Soviet yes. boxer, uh-huh. Ivan Drago. Yes. And he killed Apollo Creed. Correct. And he reprises his role in Creed Two, along with his oh, yeah, son, right. who is going to be Adonis' Creed's next opponent. But Rocky Four. I was growing up, I didn't get to see the first Rocky film in theaters, right. and there was... That time with with the Soviet Union and the United States, there was a lot of patriotism that was involved with that movie, mm-hmm. and I just I just loved it. I really did. I, it's really I nice it was awesome. to know
0: somebody loved that movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like everyone's least favorite one, right? I mean, that goes that goes the same. Well,
0: it's my least favorite because, like I said, you know, it, it, nothing happened in Philadelphia in that movie at all.
1: Mm. All right. Well, let me see if I can do better here. <laughs> no pressure hey one more uh, quick question here and we'll get into some detail on your history with the Philadelphia uh, greater Philadelphia film office the best time travel movie of all time I'll give you three options All right. okay back to the future
0: right
1: Bill and Ted's excellent adventure Uh or Primer
0: ever heard of Primer I don't know Primer
1: it's a Netflix film.
0: I yeah. haven't seen it. Well, I mean Back to the Future. Okay. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you youth and your. – Sure, no, sure. And Back <laughs> to the Future for me. That was – I, I love that movie. Primer
1: was very complicated. People didn't like it. And, of course, that's why I liked it.
0: Well, thanks for such a softball. <laughs> that was an easy question. <laughs> All right, well, let's yes, – cr- I didn't have a lot of choices yeah, in yeah, there. Right.
1: Um, next one, I'll give you five choices. Okay. How about that? let's time travel back to 1985 okay you at the time were a costume designer you were yep. a wardrobe stylist and for some reason you felt Philadelphia needed a liaison to attract movies uh needed an ambassador, some sort of contact to attract filmmakers here and you walked into the mayor's office was it to convince that person to install one for sit the city tells the story
0: I actually um, had recently joined the union, so I was a union stylist and costume designer. I'd be, I actually held three cards at the time, um, and union cards. That is, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was on the executive board of the local IATSE group, and um, and I heard that it was very obvious that the next mayor was going to be Ed Rendell because Frank Rizzo died suddenly during the campaign. And this was a, a mayor, um, a soon-to-be mayor-elect that was talking about economic development and tourism and bringing fresh money into the economy and changing around the, um, the what people thought about Philadelphia, which was um, dirty and dangerous and, you know, really down in the dumps. I mean, it was one payroll away from, from not being able to make payroll. Um, and so... Um, I went to a meeting uh, with this with this executive board I was the only woman on the team and and I said you know we have this new mayor coming in and he's talking about the avenue of the arts and economic development and tourism but he's not talking about film and we haven't had a film commissioner in Philadelphia for at that point it was about two and a half years and I said we really need somebody in there because we, you know there's we don't have any work you know' so not did you enough get a work.
1: meeting with Mayor-elect So they said, okay. <laughs> they said,
0: you do it. They you do so it.
1: What I was did you like, say to him that, that, that convinced him? Because he was a hard sell when he was mayor for a lot of things.
0: Oh, yeah, he was. But, you know, blondes, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him. I really didn't know him. I knew who he was. Um, we used to walk our dogs in the same park back in back in that de- in, the, in that time. But um, he didn't, I didn't think he knew me. But I, I asked during the transition for a meeting. And I once I figured if I asked him to go to the Palm for lunch, the Palm was new. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that was going to be a place that he would want to go. I don't know why I got the meeting, but I got the meeting. Um, and um, and I went prepared to the meeting with um, something that I had typed up called a proposal for the Greater Philadelphia Film Office. Um, Making it because at the time everything was all about regionalism, mm-hmm. um, and the five every, five counties, the four suburban counties, were working trying to work together with um, with the city and try to attract business all together. And I thought, well, you know, let's let's make it regional because if they have a film commission in Philadelphia, and half of what we have to, to share with filmmakers visually. Um, is in the five counties, in all the counties. So um, he loved the idea, and he I was scared to death. Well, first of all, everybody was coming over to the table because he had just been elected, sure, and sure. it was like impossible to get a, a concentrated conversation with him at the time. But he said, I i need a business plan on my desk on Monday. It was like, okay. <laughs> you know, go, oh my God. So you had
1: a plan. I think that was probably one of the big I, you know? I had a plan.
0: A lot of people did. probably
1: come up to him and say, yeah, I have this crazy idea, but you... Had it well thought out? I
0: did. I did. I I had, because I didn't know them, so I couldn't just Mm -hmm. chit chat with them and convince them of anything, so I I came with a plan.
1: And the Philadelphia Film Office became the greater Philadelphia Film Office in 1992, and that brought in funding from some of the more regional counties, yes, right? Yes, it did, it and did. that was a big step, right? Well, it
0: didn't. It, it in the beginning, there was no money at all for the film office, and mayor mm-hmm. asked me to work for a, a dollar a year in my health insurance, and I, I, I the blood rushed out of my face immediately. Like, and, what have
1: I gotten myself oh, into? I was, right? Well, I
0: couldn't do it. I mean, I was a single parent, and you know, my daughter was going off to college in the fall, and it was like not, it was just not going to happen. And I said. Mayor, I'll do it for sixty days. He said, "I'm going to help you raise money. I'm going to help you." I said, "I'll do it for sixty days, but if we haven't raised the money by then, I have to go get a commercial." (laughs) Um, You know, because I was mostly making a living doing wardrobe one commercials, Tyco toy commercials, for as a matter of fact, for the most part. And um, and so he, we raised the money on the sixty fourth day, but it retroactively starting in January, so that I always got paid. Um, right through to July 1 and effectively July 1 is when we became the greater Philadelphia film office and
1: look at you now right? and look at us now <laughs> when we come <laughs> wait <laughs>
0: I'm trying to trying to still look like I looked then. That, oh, that's hey, not hey. possible
1: when we come back in the Travel Log Podcast I'm going to ask you your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies okay. we'll be right back Music for the Travel Mug Podcast provided by A Pregnant Light. A fantastic, mostly one-man, purple metal project from Michigan. Find APL's music on Bandcamp. Back to the Travel Mug Podcast with Sharon Pinkinson of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office. Before we get to M Night, when you talk to producers, people who want to make films what are maybe the top two or three things that you sell Philadelphia and the Philadelphia region as a great place to make a movie?
0: Well, I'd say the top things are one has to do with money. So, so it's the fact that Pennsylvania has a really, really good um, tax credit incentive. It's a very great incentive for filmmakers. Of course, the only problem with it is if you get in there in time before we run out of money every year. <laughs> but if you get it, it's it's by by far one of the best tax credits that there are really well. And I'm very proud of it because I really had a hand in writing the law. Um, I would say second is the fact of what we have um, to offer in terms of locations. You know, I talk about the fact that we're in the middle of the East Coast corridor, that we have a temperate climate with four seasons, which a lot of places don't have, so we can be a lot of different things, and that we have um, everything from entire neighborhoods from uh, from every um, period in our nation's history, so that we can we can be we can double can for New like York, candidate. we can double like for D.C. Yeah. We do those things all the time. Um, you know, small towns, big cities. So we, we, we have more colleges and universities than Boston and yeah. Washington combined. So you know, want to do a you know a movie like that? So we have a lot to offer in that. And then the third thing is that this is the probably the most proactive film office in the country i mean we are your free producers and everybody who works here comes back they all want to come back because we babysit them right through the process and it's free our services are free which is one of the problems (laughs) but all film commissions um are you provide their services for free so um that's that's a, a tough one that's why we're always out there with our hands out trying to raise money
1: top two in your opinion best m night Shyamalan movies
0: you know, I, I think, um, I know I should have thought about this in advance, but, well, first of all, I, I can't discount in any way whatsoever the sixth sense for, it was a, a major game changer and always will be in probably one of the most successful movies of all time, certainly. Is it because of the
1: twist? That was something that was somewhat different it, not a lot of people were doing?
0: You know, it was the twist. It was this new voice in cinema, which Knight really was. He told the story in a different way. It was Bruce Willis playing a really unusual character. I think the acting was great. I, I mean, everything about it, the reason it was so successful, you know, is because every, t- every time somebody saw it for the first time, they were, oh, my God, how did it. I miss that? And they would go to back to the theater and pay all over again, two or three more times, to watch it, to mm-hmm. see the cues that they missed. So that is incredible.
1: How about number two?
0: Um, number two, um... Uh... Let's see. I, I, th- I, I think Split. I love Split. I, did you see it?
1: You just named my number one and number two. I thought Split was such, it regenerated his whole franchise. And Genius. he said, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to play a little bit dirty in a way. Like, I'm going to go to places that some of my other films haven't gone.
0: I think he waited for his daughters to grow up before he made that movie. I mean, oh it's, 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 it's extremely—it's—it's
1: so it's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. Which a lot of his films weren't. They delved in sort of supernatural. This was just flat out. Well, creepy. The
0: Visit was very creepy. I mean, he was creeping up sure. on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, The Visit. I love The Visit, mm-hmm. but but I think you know I think that um, that Split is just absolute genius. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say
1: three for me would be Unbreakable.
0: I'm with you. Hey, the phone's ringing. Now, is that M. Night right there? there
1: he is. Good timing. <laughs> all right. Um, since I'm sure you're not going to tell us who is the most difficult actor or actress or director to work with.
0: I'm not. Okay. <laughs>
1: I pause for you a know, moment there's
0: there. there's so many of them. How can I choose? Now, who, most, who's the best? Mo- well, um, well, gosh, I, I would it, – it, that's hard to say, too. I mean, they're all so different. I, the, ones that, the one that I will – Really, never forget as being incredibly generous and wonderful to work with was Tom Hanks, mm, um, and he's still a friend today. So I, you know, that's really, uh, you know, he's a very, very special person. Um, changed a lot since mm-hmm. those days. You know, he's he he was he's really confident about himself now, and he certainly deserves to be. And he's very funny. Uh, he and Gary Getzman are just amazing partners and tremendous friends and I I, um, you know that was very early in my career and the, that stays with me in fact if you're going to ask me about my favorite film I ever worked on okay. for sure I would say um, Philadelphia
1: you know what I was going to ask you about that do you see that as the movie that really put Philadelphia on the map for movie making or just put us up to another level because for the flat out reason that it was named Philadelphia
0: when I Yes. I mean, I would say that is absolutely true. And the re- and anytime anybody asks me what my favorite film was that I worked on, I always say it's Philadelphia because for so many reasons. One of which, Matt, of course, is that they named the movie Philadelphia, and that wasn't the name of the movie going into it. It what was, was it? You remember? Well, the, yeah, there were at least three or four working titles. The first one I remember was called At Risk. Which wasn't a bad title, but the script really didn't have its act so well together yeah, at that sure. point. And then there was there were constantly new drafts, as there always are in in filmmaking. Um, you know, tweaks that happen along the way. Uh, the second one was. People like us, which is a horrible name, <laughs> but the script was getting that sounds better. more like a
1: soap opera. I can't
0: remember offhand right now what the. Th- I know it's ridiculous, and the third one I can't even remember. But right then now. they get
1: the song too from well, Bruce Springsteen.
0: Right? Well, but yes, but by then they we by that time they really knew what they mm-hmm. were doing with the film. Um, but I think that um, that it just the, the story kept getting tighter and better, but it was still not written for anywhere in particular. But as they started making the film, Philadelphia became very much what the movie looked like, and there was actually a contest between with the Jonathan Demme said that everybody, you um, had an opportunity to help name this movie, and we took a break over Christmas, and we came back, we were going to have a name for the movie, and I I was sleepless nights. I mean, it was. Uh, whoever won, you know, was going to get dinner for two at Le fan okay. you know, and, uh, nice. or so, you know, it was a, and a couple of different things, but it was, the idea was, you named the movie, so I didn't sleep for weeks, and then, <laughs> and I came back after, after the holiday, and we went back to work, and I was, we were all at, at lunch break, and, um, and. Um, Jonathan came up to me and said, Sharon, we've decided to name the movie Philadelphia.
1: Like, and oh, yeah. I
0: thought I was going <laughs> to faint. I just thought I was going to faint. It was the last thing in the world I thought they were going to do. And I... I I just was absolutely overwhelmed. Said, so, "Oh my God! I didn't know what to say." I said, "I got to go call my mother." <laughs> I was
1: like, so I, to-
0: "But the most, but really, Matt, the thing that's that so was so important to me is years later, I was in South Africa, actually helping the South African government and filmmakers to internationalize their business. And on a, on a, I got up in the morning. Um, oh no, I, I had been out on out all day, long days, and I was coming back to this enormous empty hotel room that you could have rollerbladed in with a tiny little old-fashioned tv on a table and a bed all the way at the other end and I had a little break um, before they were going to pick me up and take me to dinner and I just was missing my family and I turned on the tv and it was the last 15 minutes of the movie Philadelphia and I started to bawl I sat there by myself crying my eyes out and I realized afterwards why were they showing this movie, movie in South Africa? It was December 1st. It was World AIDS Day. Okay. And everywhere in the world they were go. playing that movie. And that's what stuck with me, is that we changed the world. Yeah, it's a
1: great to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, real quick, movies that we missed out that maybe people didn't realize. And I hate to bring you from a, 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 a total <laughs> high to, not, to a low, but I just want to know the whole story. A couple movies that we missed out on that we were this close.
0: Oh my God, um, uh, um, so many. I mean, we we. I can't... So you're you're
1: in the game with, with so many films. I mean, you're you're throwing a big net out there.
0: Uh, well, just I mean, I think the, we've probably in in terms of my just my my IMDb credits alone are you know like m- well over a hundred movies, um, and that's you know that's missing a whole bunch of. Of smaller films mm. and TV shows, um, but yeah, we I mean, thought, we, does anything come to mind? Well, you know, there was a movie that that shot on the west side of the state that was supposed to shoot in Philadelphia. It was about that runaway train, um, and we uh, were yes, oh, right. We were right down to like the minute, you know that, and and then suddenly they they picked up and they decided that they were going to. There was one thing they couldn't work out over at 30th Street Station, um. and last minute they, they Was that with Denzel plug. Washington? It was, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was basically speed but with a train. Yeah, I can't remember. The train remember. won't stop, the bus the won't bad stop. bad things go out of my head.
0: <laughs> a great movie for Pennsylvania because uh, they shot all the way up in what's called the T of Pennsylvania oh, yeah, up, in sure. the, up in the yeah. uh, wild the woods up there uh, and so people who never ever see filmmaking got to see how many jobs are stimulated, local jobs and businesses that get all of that um, un- anticipated revenues hotels and motels being filled up with crew and actors and restaurants suddenly like booming and and that helped to really turn a lot of uh, heads and change minds uh, in Pennsylvania after I know, we need more of those we do.
1: after the break we are going to ask Sharon what her favorite movie shot in the Philadelphia area is but before a certain time frame we'll be right back Subscribe to the Travel Mug Podcast. I find people to talk to who are worth your time. In past episodes, we've heard from Black Lives Matter, Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney, a local Van Halen cover band, and I tell you, they killed it. And Eagles great Ron Jaworski, plus more. The Travel Mug, take it with you to work on iTunes or on Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Travel Mug Podcast with Sharon Pinkinson, Greater Philadelphia Film Office. Question, favorite movie shot in the Philadelphia era before 1992? And I can throw out a bunch, but... Maybe you have something in mind.
0: Well, I mean, the first movie I ever worked on, which was really fun to work on, was while well, I was doing wardrobe, was um, Mannequin Two on the movie. Okay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so my dad
1: worked at John Wanamaker during one of the two. I can't remember which one because they used that as yes, know, their, their yeah. Setting. We
0: worked there for both for both. Well, I only worked on the second one, but that was fun because it was my first feature film that I ever worked on and I ran the wardrobe department and ended up being the costume designer uncredited for the last oh, like man. and next and year later story second so, throw I'll another one blow out blow out okay
1: wow I, I'm so glad you mentioned that movie <laughs> I was watching it again on YouTube uh-huh. it's on YouTube I don't know why maybe they should take I it off I have no idea I watched that movie uh, during the million dollar movie late at night on channel 6 I think it was and it was just awesome
0: Oh, it's an amazing and movie. And it's and
1: it's quintessentially Philadelphia because so many scenes are taking place outdoors. West River Drive oh. which was that's what it was named back Absolutely. then. And the twist. It was like a Hitchcock type of movie. Absolutely. I love Blowout.
0: I love Blowout too. It's a great it's a great film.
1: And my other one would be Trading Places. Of course. I mean, come on! I, I, just...
0: tra- trading Places to this day makes me belly laugh. <laughs> I, I mean, even if I just see a clip from it, I yeah. get, I love that movie. That's the,
1: uh, one of the movies where if it's on and you're flipping through, you can't you, you're you can't gonna watch eyes of off of it.
0: I you know I love the part about the about the watch. Yeah. You know the scene with the watch where he's he would know he wants to hawk it and he he says how much it's in worth. In
1: Philadelphia that uh, is worth 50 bucks.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's great.
1: All right, what else we got? Worst worst movie ever filmed in Philadelphia.
0: Oh, well, let's see. How can I do this without hurting anybody? Worst movie ever. Cuz I have my picks,
1: but I'm going to wait for Oh
0: jeez. Um, you know, I'm such a positive person that I, that I shut things out when they're negative. Um, let's see, worst movie ever shot in Philadelphia. Boy, I'm sure there's plenty of stinkers. What did you think, Matt?
1: The sign is actually in the hallway to this movie, gives you a hint oh, of shit. my pick.
0: What? Which one?
1: Up Close and Personal.
0: That's a horrible movie.
1: And I'll tell you why. And just aside from the plot or it anything, was it was supposed it... to be about Jessica Savage, who was a, a yes. news.
0: Who Not... I was friends with.
1: Oh, you... Okay. So, and I'm sure you've read the books and you, know, you knew her, Absolutely. so you knew about everything. And I think that they filmed the movie to sort of resemble what happened, and the test audience killed it. And I hate it when the test audience kills things.
0: I. Don't know what happened with the test audience. Actually, I don't know that story. That's just
1: the story I heard. And, <laughs> but and then they they came out and everyone's like it's, it's like this happy story. But that that wasn't her life towards the end. No, it was, there was a lot of things I thought you could have learned by what.
0: She no, worked. they should have really told the true story. That sure. was the interesting story. Instead, they made this ridiculous oh, romance yeah. and really cast.
1: Yeah. Well, Robert Redford, you know, uh, I mean
0: it was great cast, Michelle but they Pfeiffer. were terrible together. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so we, <laughs> we have agreed on so much so yes, we far. Have. Wow. So the Rocky 4 thing, you've probably forgiven me by now. Uh, Throwing out the one movie that wasn't I have. The filmed only thing in that was
0: really good about about um, about that movie about making that film was there was one part where um, there is a, a big kiss. They're putting up the billboard um, right across team. from the convention center for the news okay. team, where they changed the picture, mm-hmm. and she's, and and I, I knew my parents were were alive, and they were living in Center City, and I got to invite them to set to see the kiss and the whole thing live. I thought my what mother I was that was that was the only good part that came out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, future of movie making. And are people going to still go to the theaters oh, 10 years God, from now? Oh, yes.
0: Absolutely. What, what gives you,
1: what makes you so, I don't think the word hopeful is the right term. What makes you think that way?
0: Well, in the same way that we're all tiring of 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 being alone and social media and not interacting with people, I think what people really love about the movies is interacting um, and being in a beautiful, comfortable mm-hmm. theater that has amenities that... that has other people there because when you watch a comedy by yourself, it's not the same as watching a comedy with a lot of other people. Um, when you're, when you're, what there's, you know, when you're watching a romance, there's nothing like holding mm. on to your partner in a romantic scene, and it doesn't quite happen the same way at home. It's like every, it's like seeing it on that really big screen. It doesn't matter how big your TV is in your in your home it's it's that big screen experience it's also the ability to get this value added of of meeting the filmmakers having them come and talk to you hearing more about the filmmaking process being really involved and in just instead of just Sitting there and, and watching it, I, there's so much more immersive to learn. experience. Yes, exactly. Movie
1: taverns would brought me back, man. Good. I love sitting there and eating.
0: Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. They bring the food. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm so not, we don't so, agree I'm, on not so, I'm not so big on that part yeah, of yeah. it, but but I think it's great to be able to go to the movies, have a cocktail before in a cafe or in the theater, go afterwards, talk to other people mm-hmm. that saw the movie with you, and 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 converse and have a nice meal. I think that I don't know that I necessarily want to eat during the film. That's
1: fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time? Did you mention that already? I mean, any movie.
0: Well, I honestly, I there, I, there, I probably have a you know besides Philadelphia and yeah. the Sixth Sense of movies well, like that. Say I would say you know you know Gone with the Wind changed my childhood. Okay. Yeah.
1: Mulholland Drive for me.
0: I love that movie.
1: I'm a huge I mean, I didn't put. Fan. I never
0: put it on my top list, but I love that movie.
1: I, that's a movie I've. I've watched it five times to try and figure it out, and I've read so much. I love seeing a movie that confuses me, and then having to go read about it, and then going back to see it again because it's not over when it's over. Right. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, there's a, all of those movies with with those kinds of twists are great. Mm-hmm. Um, worst movie it, ever? What's the one about the trains, the German film? Um, oh, uh, Sliding, Sliding doors. doors. I love that film. I love film. that movie. Awesome.
1: It's very Lynchian. Yeah, that it's, film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gwyneth
0: Paltrow. Yeah.
1: So I, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, why is her hair different? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these are two different timelines. <laughs> worst movie of all time?
0: Um, worst movie of all time. Jeez. Matt, you're killing me. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, what were you thinking?
1: Beavis and Butthead do America.
0: Yeah, but that's, see, I wouldn't have gone to see that movie. See,
1: I did, I had just gotten married, and I don't, I don't know why. we <laughs> are <you're> still
0: married? <laughs> yeah, we
1: are, almost 20 years. We, we, I dragged her to the film, she was doing it to make me happy, and in halfway through I'm like,
0: what why can't, I done? why
1: can't I just grow up? Why do I have to see this this stuff you know so I I wish I never went
0: yeah I don't go see movies that I you know I don't I don't have an interest in I mean in, yeah. l- unless it's you know I have to go because they made it here or or because I know the filmmaker or you know sometimes I'll you know because you don't know what you're going to go see if I'm at a film festival you don't know what, how it's going to turn out mm-hmm. but sometimes you see great things and sometimes they're horrible
1: tough question to end here are you hopeful with what has happened so far with the Me Too movement, and do you think it still has momentum?
0: I'm very happy about the Me Too movement. Um, I I wouldn't say that I'm 100% happy. I can tell you that in, like, all, almost every other woman that I know, that we have had experiences um, and challenges in our ability to um, to move in our in our world um, because of um, so of sexual abuse on many different levels. Um, I do feel that there has been that some people um, are being looked at through a lens today that wasn't necessarily the right lens at that time, and I feel bad for for certain people who I think probably shouldn't have ruined their careers right off the bat. It's, um,
1: you don't hear many women say that. Yeah. And I don't know how to react other than to say I think that that's an objective. Well, I way you know I things.
0: I know I, mean, I I know that um, you know my husband has actually said to me um, you know my god the 70s I mean so, you know, some of us old guys are like shaking in our boots. What if somebody could, I mean, it was a different time. Now, it was a different time and it shouldn't have been necessarily that way, but it, but a lot of that was, it was just a sexual revolution that was going on. So, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that that we have to look at it through a lens that, that, you know, there's... Context. Context, exactly. Yeah, context. Yeah. yeah. But, but in, in terms of, how it's changing everything now I'm so proud of it I you know I think it's it's going to really change things for the future um and it has already so um not not even fast enough I mean we're it's still you know it's it's a struggle uh, for women to be able to have their equal place in the world and in the business world and in their families Um, so I think um, that we still have a long way to go and uh, yes there are hiccups along the way but um, all in all we're moving in the right direction
1: Sharon Pinkinson from the greater Philadelphia Film Office it's been my pleasure to have you on a guest on the Travel Mug Podcast
0: thank you it's really been fun to sit across from you and chat
1: Creed 2 when's that come out by the way?
0: on uh, November I think this year yeah
1: I'm going to go see it in the theater and I'm going to a movie tavern (laughs)
0: I don't care what you think call me
1: (laughs) Sharon thank you Thanks. that's the travel mug let me know how we're doing by the way who would make a great guest on a future episode or what we can do better I'm sure there are people out there who have some ideas I'm very accessible on social media just give me a tweets on twitter or send me a message on facebook or on instagram etc etc travel mug, over and out